Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. This morning I took you on a walk with me on the lakefront. Tonight we're going to take a walk on the beach. Take a beach walk tonight. It's really Paris and I's favorite thing to do when we go on our little short getaways. We'll go to Gulf Shores and get up early in the morning and take a long walk on the beach and just... Again, there's not, he's always out there. He's always there. I mean, you could take a rocket ship to the moon and he'd be there. David said, I could make my bed in hell, and, and I found him down there. There's not a place in creation that he's not. And um, John was in the Isle of Patmos on the Lord's Day in exile. His prison. They put him in prison in exile on, for preaching the gospel. And he was in the Isle of Patmos and the Lord's Day. He was in the spirit and Jesus came and came walking up on the beach. And um, that's where the book of Revelation came from. And, you know, that's a, really a series. If you start looking through the book of Revelation as you read it and find the places of worship, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, all through the book of Revelation. It's worship, 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 worship. And I wrote down some of the places. I can't write them all down. It's just there's too many. But I want to just read a couple of these tonight. And we're going to just take a walk on the beach with John. Let Jesus come to us and worship him. It's simple. It's not complicated. It's very simple. His first, Revelation 1, 17 and 18, John said, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand on me. Jesus, not this, he put his physical hand, this is the resurrected, glorified Christ, and he put his physical hand on, on John's head. <laughs> and he said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and I am the last. When he puts his hand on you, that's worship erupts on the inside of you. That's what happens. You know, and, and that's one of the beautiful things about gathering together because there's a different sense of God's presence in a worshiping house than any other place. Oh, private worship is incredible, but there's nothing comes even close to coming into the house of God with other believers worshiping. Jesus walking in the midst of the candlestick, the lampstand, and suddenly he's right there, and you're on your face in worship. Oh, Jesus, I worship you. You know, this is, this is the one, he, this is the one seated at the right hand of God. Have you seen him in, in this place? So just, just take a, just another quick minute right now. Close your eyes. Put your eyes on Jesus, resurrected, glorified. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Lord, just give me a glimpse, Lord. A glimpse of your glory, Lord. That's all I ask tonight. Lord, give us a glimpse of your greatness, of your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, your holiness, Lord. Just a glimpse, Lord. Make us worshipers, Lord. And then in chapter 4, he heard a voice and it says, come up here. Come up, and he's lift off the next thing. He's off the flying off the beach, right up into the heaven itself, and he's in this 
in the, in the, in the very, I, what is it like? I, John saw it. I, he couldn't describe it. There weren't any words to describe what he saw. He did his best, but there's only glimpses of this, this incredible uh, encounter with, with God. It was, it was more than a vision because he was up there himself, and he saw these things. And he saw Jesus on the throne. In Revelation 4, he says, um, this is what he saw around the throne. He said, the living creatures, four living creatures. One had a lion face, one had an ox face, one had an eagle face, and one had a human face. And they were worshiping. They were the throne. They were supporting the throne of God. This, these were the creatures that the, the wheel in the middle of the wheel, and they flew, and that Ezekiel saw, and they were carrying the throne of God. These are the creatures that Isaiah saw when he said, "I saw the Lord." He was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. These were the being these strange creatures, and John was caught up, and he saw them. These living creatures giving glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. The twenty-four elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For you created all things. You are the creator of all things and and by your will they exist and were created. Everything that is in this physical world and in this universe is created and sustained by our God, by our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you seen him and his role as creator of all things? When you catch a glimpse of this incredible creator, he formed the, 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 the sea creatures he formed the octopus. He formed the, he formed the dolphins and the sharks and the whales. He, he formed the platypus and the koala bears and the kangaroos. He formed the, the nutria and the rats and the pigs. He formed dogs and cats and lions. He formed bears and every kind of creature that roams the earth. He, ro- he formed the foxes and the coyotes. They have coyotes right there in the back, back there. There's coyotes back there. There's, there's, there's hawks back there. There's eagles flying overhead right here in New Orleans. And he created all of them. You know, I've seen eagles like five times in the last few months here in New Orleans. They're here. We're just blinded to them most of the time. I had one fly right over my head. I mean, I was in a parking lot, and one flew right over my head in a parking lot, a bald eagle. These are God's creatures. He created all things. He formed you in your mother's womb. He gave you fingers and fingernails. He gave you eyebrows and eyelashes and pupils and retinas. He gave you ears and he gave you eardrums and he gave you teeth and he gave you a a palate. He He created taste. He's the one that thought of taste and then he created things with flavor. He created the noses and smells and all the fragrances. He is the creator of all things. I worship you, Lord. 
Oh, just take another moment and worship him like John saw him as creator of all things. And he was oh, blown away by these incredible beings, these strange creatures that we'll see one day that have faces like eagles and lions. Oh, and ox and humans. Lord, what are these things, these seraphim, these burning ones that, that worship you continually? Holy, holy, holy. Oh, creator God, we worship you, Lord. And you can go over into the next chapter, in chapter 5. And John's been, he's been, ta- he's ta- been taking on a, a worship tour in heaven. One of the elders said to him, stop weeping. He was crying because he, he, he didn't know what was going to happen to the earth. And he saw this, this scroll that no one could open. There no one was found worthy to open. And John was weeping. And he said, stop weeping. Behold, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to be able to open the scroll and its seven seals. When the seven seals were open, all kind of stuff started happening. But he said, I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders. I was looking for this lamb and I had this lion and I saw a lamb standing as if slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. This passage in Revelation 5 shows us the foundation of all of our worship of the Lord Jesus. John, John saw the Lord, he saw the Lord revealed to John as a lion. As the lion of the tribe of Judah, Christ is pictured as the sovereign Lord, ruler of all things, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the king. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. When it, in the next moment, John sees the Lord as a lamb offered in sacrifice. What a conflict of images. The lion strong and mighty, terrifying in his majesty, and the lamb of God, meek and lowly, offering himself up for our sins. Such an image was totally devastating to John. He began to weep and join in with the heavenly worship. Now, here's one of my favorites. This is Augustine describing this scene in heaven. This, is, he, is he weak or is he strong? Is he, is he humble or is he majestic? Like a sheep, Augustine said, he was led to be slaughtered. And like a lamb in the presence of his shearer, he was without voice. Thus he did not open his mouth. Who is this? Obviously the one about whom he goes on to say in humility, his judgment was taken away. His generation, who shall relate? I can see this model of such humility in a king of such power and authority because the one who is like a lion, is like a lamb not opening its mouth in the presence of the shearer is himself the lion from the tribe of Judah. Who is this? Both lamb and lion. He endured death as a lamb. He devoured it as a lion. Wow. He endured death as a lamb and he devoured death as a lion. Who is this? Both lamb and lion, gentle and strong, lovable and terrifying, innocent and mighty, silent when he's being judged and roaring when he comes to judge. John found himself in the apex of the power of God. The 24 elders were on their faces in worship. The seraphim were booming out their worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who is and who was and who is to come. And the earth itself was being swept into the effects of this heavenly worship. 
Worship is increasing on the earth. The ramifications of this worship that's multiplying in the earth in this generation is the ushering in of the King of Kings. This this is going to be the incredible, the most incredible, the most incredible part of heaven. Heaven is beyond words, beyond comprehension. But the most incredible thing about heaven is when you see Jesus, when you see him in his two natures, when you see him in his humanity as a lamb, as you see him in his humanity, in his, in his humility, in his weakness, and when you see him as a lion clothed in glory and power, both of his natures in one, son of man and son of God, which is he? Yes, yes, yes. And when you see him, when you see him for yourself, in a moment you'll see his meekness and gentleness, and in the next moment you'll see his power and his authority. That's what he's like. His voice is gentle and strong. It's gentle and strong, undescribable, indescribable, because he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's the lamb of God, slain before the foundations of the world. What else can we do but worship him? That's all that's left. You are the lion of the tribe of Judah. Roaring like a lion, preparing for your day of conquering. Coming to this earth, Lord, as king of kings and lord of lords. And still, Lord, you remain the Lamb of God, slain for the sick and the deprived and the sinners of this generation, coming to us in our misery and comforting us. Oh, Lamb of God, wash over us again with your precious blood. Lion and Lamb, we need you. Lion and Lamb, we worship you. You are Almighty God, kind. Kind and powerful, majestic and humble. Lord, we worship you. Just take a minute with me. Come, step into the harmony of heaven that John was describing. That song that rumbles from the seraphim into the earth. Come, Even now the elders are singing that song. Even now the, the angels are singing the songs of heaven. Even now the redeemed from every generation are shouting with all their might. The heavens are roaring, ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Abre se marendemba lo storia cambre ste quista Oh, Lord, let the power of heaven's worship, Lord, let it grab our hearts. Lord, let it grab my heart. Lord, let it hit us, Lord, to the depths of our being, Lord, the depths of our soul. Make us worshipers, Lord. God is spirit, and he's seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, God, let that fire of worship, Lord, the fire of the seraphim, Lord, the coals of the altar, Lord, let it burn on our lips, Lord. Let it burn. Burn in our hearts, Lord, the fire of God. Yeah, it goes on in the same chapter. This is Revelation 4 and 5 is a, is a chapters of worship. He says in um, Revelations 5, 8 through 10 or 8 through 11, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. 
They're all fallen down. Everybody's fallen down. Yeah, but even in heaven, even in this, the elders in their glorified state are still on their faces, overwhelmed by the glory in that immediate presence of God. Each one holding a harp and golden bowls. The harp and the bowls. Harp, worship, bowls of incense, of intercession. Worship and intercession. The elders are carrying these worship and intercession before the very throne of God. And it's rolling out over us. He's raising up worshipers and intercessors in this generation, in this hour. Oh, open your heart and let the spirit of worship and intercession, let it fall powerfully on you. Why not tonight? Let it consume you. Let it consume your being. That you'd be eaten up with the fire of God. That you'd be consumed, consumed oh, with the power of the Holy Spirit becoming a worshiper. And they sang. It's how they, they had these, these harp and the golden bowls full of incense. This incense is the prayers of the saints coming up before the throne of God. We, these, this incense is the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Hallelujah. They were singing this song. Oh yeah, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. You know, if we knew our heritage most of us don't. We get glimpses of it. Maybe you spit in the tube and send it off to, to 23 or Ancestry.com and, and got your thing back, you know. And maybe you've got a little inkling of your ancestry. But there's many, even in this building here tonight, there's many tribes that came from hundreds of years ago from different places that have ended up here tonight. And here we are. Different tribes. It doesn't matter, you know, we have, we have one common thread that's joined us all together. It's the precious blood of Jesus. But he said there'd be, they're around the throne from every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation, every ethnic group. And you have made us, you have made us kings and priests to our God. Say it, I'm a king. Say it out loud, I'm a king. Say, I'm a priest to my God. That's who we are. He's made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on earth. That day is coming. We will reign with the Lord Jesus for the thousand years. We'll reign with him on earth. I wonder what part of the world you're going to rule over. Kings and priests. Yambas. Okay, so now there's this revelation, this revelation of redemption. We've been redeemed. Where would you have been tonight if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus? What would have become of your sorry life if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus? We were lost. We were without hope. We were headed toward destruction. Misery was our middle name. It was written on our forehead. We were destroying our own lives with our own bad choices and our own bad behavior. And the fruit of it was, was multiplying and destroying us. But then one day, he put his hand on our life and he washed us in his precious blood and he brought us out of darkness. And he said, I'll come and follow me and I'll make you a fisher of man. 
I have not, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and put my hand upon your life. I'm calling you out of this world to make you a testimony. I'm calling you out of this world to be my, one of my kings and priests. I'm calling you out of this world to be one of my worshipers. Will you worship me unashamed? Will you worship me unashamed and unafraid? Will you magnify me in, in this horrible, this dark world? Will you worship me? Oh, the blood of Jesus has washed me through and through. Oh, the blood of Jesus has made me totally new. The blood of Jesus has washed me and brought me out, brought me out of that sorry life and brought me into a new life that I can testify of his goodness. Hallelujah. So yeah, this... He goes on into chapter 7. We're just getting some of the worship things that happened in Revelations. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude. Oh, this is, oh, this is the middle of the, of the great tribulation. Oh, this is, this is talking about a great revival. It's talking about a great awakening that'll take place in the last seven years before Jesus returns. A great awakening that will happen in all places. It will happen in the land of Israel. There'll be a great awakening, an unprecedented great awakening where thousands upon thousands, thousands upon thousands of Jews will, in a moment of time, become Messianic Jews. And according to the scriptures, they'll be taken out. They'll be taken out to be with the Lord. Hundreds of thousands of Jews who will be born again will be raptured in a moment of time and caught up to be with the Lord. Read your Bible. It's right there. After these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations and tribes, people and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed with right robes, with plain branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever and ever. You know, it's not exactly clear when all of these things will happen. It's that way on purpose. But there's going to be one, two, or more catching away of multitudes caught up into heaven in the last, at the end of the ages. Be caught up. One moment they're down here, and the next moment, in the twinkling of an eye, standing there, looking at the things that John saw, worshiping God with thousands upon hundreds of thousands of others that have been caught up into the very presence of the Lord, leaving this earth to its own devices without the salt and light in it. Can you imagine? You know, right now, the, the only thing holding back the nonsense that's happening in our culture right now. The only thing that's holding it back is the salt and the light. Without us, this thing would go down, it'd go down overnight. Yeah, so they're worshiping. 
Oh, they're worship. They're caught up into heaven and they're worshiping. Oh, that's going to be the greatest. The great when you when your feet step on the on the streets of gold for yourself, caught up in the moment of time. You you'll be singing and shouting and dancing and singing and shouting and dancing and worshiping and magnifying the Lord God. Yes, Lord Jesus. And here's another one that happens. There's these last two in Revelations 19. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God, for true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great whore, Babylon, Oh, the, the, the one world church and the one world government and the Antichrist and all of their, their cohorts are judged and they're devastated, they're overwhelmed and they're brought down and heaven begins to break out in worship because he's judged the great whore who's corrupted the earth with her fornication and he's avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. At the defeat and the fall of the governments of this world, there's gonna be worship breaking out in heaven, worshiping and worshiping and worshiping and worshiping and worshiping. This system is doomed. It's doomed. You know, we're here We're having to deal with it while we're here on earth, but it's temporary at best. It's not going to last much longer. We get so excited and so worried and argue about it. It's, 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 It's not even ours. We're not, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's done. It's, it's a failed system. It's about to crumble. And the Lord's Right now, he's, we're here in the middle of it. Ha, 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 chabra, glorifying it, given, being given an opportunity, given an opportunity to make a difference in this last generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he raises up kings and he brings down kings. He does, he does what he wants. And he's, he's he, in, these, in these last moments of time or years of time that we have, he'll put people in position that'll give us the greatest opportunity to proclaim Christ because that's all he's really concerned about in the last days is the harvest. From God's perspective, all that matters in the last days is the harvest. That's all that matters. Oh yeah, he'll give you, you'll, you'll be okay. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you whether it's through your 401k or through your life insurance or through your whatever it is that you, whatever, or or just manna from heaven. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. But it won't won't matter because there's a day coming. Oh, yeah, there's the day coming. Yeah, you'll never worry about it. You won't even think about it. You'll be with him forever. It's going to be awesome. And here's the last, the last one. This, these are just glimpses of worship in heaven. Revelation 19. I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. This was heaven shouting again, as the sound of many waters. He said it sounded like the oceans. The oceans were shouting and worshiping. It sounded like the ocean worshiping, but it was people. And it's the sound of many thunderings. And what were they saying? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad 
and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready, ready and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Oh, when we see him. Oh, when we see him. When we see him. When we see him, you know, there's a good chance that the first time you really see him with your eyes, he's going to be on horseback. When you see him, you'll see him riding his white horse. He's coming. He's coming back. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.